Welcome back to another episode of What Do I Know with me, Joanne Pei, as I continue to dive in to find answers to what I don't know. Now, if you're listening in, maybe you want to head over to the YouTube channel at some point, not now, at some point to check out the gorgeous t-shirts that my guests and I are wearing today. Well, it says uh, Zirap because uh, this podcast is made in partnership with the folks at Zoda Pop by Zirap Media. And because this episode is not a sponsored episode and we got to be very, very budget here, that's why we are wearing the t-shirts because it's um, free. If you would like to support our podcast, um, we have links and email addresses that you can write to. It's available in the description. Uh, otherwise, uh, you're just going to continue seeing us wear this uh, boring black Zirap t-shirts. Well, today, my guest is here to teach me something that I am pretty clueless about. And you can tell from that um, bookshelf over there, I have. I've got two books. Uh, one is called Money Madness and one is called um, Bitcoin Money. Uh, they are two children's books and I'm very sure that they'll get me very far in terms of uh, my financial literacy. Well, the folks over at Zotopop actually found me an expert, so don't worry about that. I've got with me someone who is able to break down this very complex topic into bite-sized, fun, and I call them like swipe left bits because um, on that Instagram page, it's all about swiping left. My guest today is Raiming, and he's one half of a two-man team behind a social presence that is fast gathering momentum in this impending economic gloom. The account I'm talking about is The Woke Salary Man. So he's going to be here to tell me a little bit more about um, investing, finance, and what I need to know. So welcome to the show, Remy. Hey, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, listening to you do that five, <laughs> five times. But I, uh, I'm glad we got it down eventually. This is hilarious. Well, I'm, I'm sweating here as I'm um, talking to you because I, I don't really know where to start. Uh, because it is a topic that I really have confessed a few times that I know nothing about or, well, not very informed. So perhaps let's start with who you are and what you do. Because I talk about you being one half, right? Mm. So tell us a little bit more about the Work Salary Man. Yeah, so uh, Work Salary Man is like uh, Instagram, Facebook, trying on Twitter, but it's very hard. <laughs> uh, Telegram. Yeah, so I mean, we're just this page in Singapore. Yeah. Social to... presence, I call it. Okay, we're this social presence in Singapore that we try to uh, help Singaporeans uh, get like a better relationship with money. So this will be true understanding like Simple things like personal finance, investments, maybe even like economic issues, like larger economic issues, like mm. inflation, like the world. Mm. And you do it in the form of comics. Yeah, I think uh, that is our USP, I guess, unique yeah. selling point. Indeed, yeah. indeed. So you are the writer and you've got another partner in this who is Wei, Wei Chun. Yeah, so he's Wei Chun. He's a very handsome man with long hair. <laughs> you might have seen him in, in, in some other videos. Yeah. So he, he draws the stuff. Sometimes mm. he writes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, how did the two of you come together with this shared vision to want to educate people about money and? Sure. Investing? I think so. People always think it's like very altruistic. Okay, but true be told, we started work ceremony because we want to earn money mm -hmm. off it. Because you know, any endeavor you make should be sustainable, and money is what you know makes things sustainable. Mm. So the original idea was to create like a portfolio piece, you know, showing that you could use comics to make. Uh, a difficult subject interesting mm -hmm. and a difficult subject would be personal finance the idea was that we approached them and say hey look you know what we have 25k followers on on instagram if you want to do something similar with your page we can get you similar results if you follow like follow like our principles when it comes to content 
Mm. And then the idea was that we will do that for multiple brands. Mm. But I think over time, we just found it, it was more meaningful and also more sustainable to run it as a page. Then we will accept like sponsored content. Mm. So that's how we started. I mean, doing it's, work it's always not easy finding a partner who shares the same vision as you. Like, what what is this relationship with Wei Chun? I mean, he's, is he like your schoolmate? Or yeah, so I, I, I knew Wei Chun back in uh, 2000 and I'm going to say seven. We were both in Nian Poly. So we were in Masscom together in 2014. I joined Mothership, you know, Mothership.sg. Yes. Yep. Then I got Wei Chun on board and there we worked on a whole bunch of... Uh, content together mm-hmm. and after that we we both left mothership but we still con- uh, continue to be very passionate about content and mm-hmm. we talk about how to you know escape the nine to five by creating content that was meaningful and actually could be monetized mm-hmm. okay yeah. so this this whole preoccupation with money i found it very interesting uh, i personally w- read through your comics and i like how relatable it is to someone like me especially because i have like really very bare minimal knowledge about it and also, I went through your website and the FAQ, which says something about you asking people to buy bubble tea and then, you know, that 50% coupon code thing. Yeah, so I think it was, it was a disclaimer. So we yes. say like, you know, if we're going to do sponsor content to be sustainable, but if we ever go so far and say like, hey, use this coupon and buy a bubble tea brand, uh, then you should probably cancel us because we have strayed too far from our values. Okay. Yeah, so so that was the whole idea behind it. Well, speaking of cancel and um, the fact that you use the word woke in your um, handle, mm. uh, the, previously someone on our show actually used this word woke oh, as well. And then uh, I think I received some feedback about, you know, do you know what it means, the woke, woke yeah. the meaning of woke and all that? Because there is a negative connotation to it. And what I understood of it was obviously quite different from uh, what uh, some other people understood it as. So for the sake of clarity, yeah. w- what do you understand by the word woke or when you use it for your sure. handle? So when we use it in our comics, uh, it's supposed to mean like, you know, in, in the local context, like... You know how old people say, ah, oh, yeah, last time, I wish I, I wake up earlier. I wish I woke up earlier when I was in my 20s. Mm. So we use it in that term, but we are aware with uh, multiple meanings of the word that are used worldwide. So, you know, speaking of uh, being sustainable and profitable to be able to put content out there, I just want to share a little bit about my little endeavor. Because uh, someone has also asked me this before like, on my um, bio. I wrote uh, Dormant Entrepreneur and why, why, why do I consider myself a Dormant Entrepreneur? I have this little side business thing called the Dimple Loft and um, for the same reasons, I felt like in order for it to be able to benefit the children, I mean, the whole program is about um, allowing children to flex their imagination and to be able to tell stories in different forms and uh, using using what we understand as filmic arts. So basically what we do in, in, in the film industry. Mm. And I realized that it was very hard to be sustainable, right? Because in order for it to benefit people, it has got to make money and it's got to be sustainable. So I struggle with this a lot. And that's why uh, I tell myself that until I kind of like get some clarity and meet the right person who can advise me what to do, uh, perhaps it would have to sort of just stay dormant for now. But I'm not killing it because it's, uh, it's like my third baby, you know. So speaking of money, uh, you know, we, we all seem to be very well, preoccupied with it. Like, we, we can't do without it. Mm. But then we don't want to let it, like, rule our lives. So tell us, like, what what is a healthy way to develop this relationship with money? Sure, I think a healthy way to do this is to actually know how much money is actually enough for you. And how this, do you know that? Wait, and this varies from, like, everyone, like, differently. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if it's, is it sensitive to share, like, how much you spend a month? 
I don't even keep track. That's the thing. Oh no, that's not good. That's not that's not a good start. I must say. Okay. Okay, but let's say. So first step yeah, is you sure. gotta keep track of what you spend. Yeah. Is that what you mean? So you should calculate your annual expenditure. Okay. That it takes uh for you to have like a meaningful life or like a fun life, a life that you find acceptable. Of course, if you want, you can reduce the amount it takes for you to be happy. But people are always not happy, what? Like yep. when I make like when I when I when I went from zero and then I make my like my first ten thousand dollars, I'll be like, wow, I made ten thousand dollars. Congrats for making. And then after that, you're like, wow. Then you make another like hundred thousand. You're like, wow, yep. you know, hundred thousand. You you know, yeah. it's always like never enough. Do yeah. you think it's because people pack their uh, expectations to what? society or maybe advertising demands of them. I think what happens in Singapore very often is that we get tied up is on what is like the ideal Singaporean life. People want like a five room uh, HDB flat in a central location. They want a car, you know, they want uh, two kids, they want to go to holidays uh, four times a year, maybe to Europe, to Africa. And uh, these are very expensive goals. I find it is that often what is realistic is that you can control what is your dream. I think many people also pursue uh, the new five C's. Which they pursue it blindly, right? What is the new five? Scene? I mean, what what I just mentioned, like uh, like oh. the central condo, okay, two okay. kids, holidays, okay, a car. Okay. So they often pursue it because of uh, societal pressure. Uh, when people blindly follow a path and then like they pursue it for like 10, 20 years, and out of twenty years they're like, ah oh, man, I wish I didn't buy all this. But then, by then, by then it's too late already. I think it's often better for people to kind of set what their own own goals are when it comes to money. Mm. And then ignore what like the greater society thinks and reach those goals like on your own terms. I think on your own terms is something I would stress a lot. Like you mentioned in Singapore, it's so hard to survive without money and the whole preoccupation with money. And and I and I think that perhaps it's because of this that has given rise to this whole hustle culture. Like, do you think it's getting a bit toxic? I think it really depends to the extent that you pursue the hustle. But I do think hustling in some degree is uh, important because mm. if you do not hustle there are many people outside Singapore which are competing for the jobs that we have here mm. at least hustle in a way that keeps that allows you to keep up with global competition so when we talk about hustle we are really talking about just working hard yeah right and just sort of you know just fighting your way through and working hard I think the thing behind hustling is also the fact that we it should be purposeful yeah, I think you either find it meaningful or you use the hustle to earn, ma- earn money. Imagine you hustle very hard, right? But it doesn't affect your salary. You hustle for... I mean, that sucks, lah. If yeah. you hustle, work so hard. And why, why would you do that? I will only hustle when there are tangible results. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to hustle and earn, like, more money over the weekend, in addition to my, 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 my salary, yeah, then I would, I would think, like, okay, that's a reason to, to hustle. Mm. But I'm going to hustle to, you know... Make it a competition with my friends. And, oh, I sleep six hours. Then versus someone, oh, I, I'm better than you. You know what? I sleep four hours. Ha <laughs> I think that is, that's like one of the dumbest competitions. Maybe the healthier way is to allow yourself some seasons, like seasons for hustling. And then take time off otherwise. Otherwise, you know, you're just like, mm. you're just going to burn out really quick. True, true, true. So I think even the hustle must be sustainable. Mm. And I think there'll be a period of time where hard work will no longer be the main driver of your income. Because everyone can work hard in the beginning. Mm. But I think over time, through acquisition of new skills and knowledge, you move up the value chain. You start to command more salary. Not because you work more hours, but because the work that you do have become more valuable. Maybe it's about like managing, managing people versus like doing the task yourself. Mm. And I, I know you also advocate living 
under your means. So, so it's uh, living within your means. I think that's the, the, the minimum you should do. Right. If you want to uh, accumulate wealth, you should live under your means. Okay. So if you live, okay, let's say you come from a, a middle class family right now. Mm-hmm. If you live within your means, most likely you will stay in, stay in the middle class. But then if you can choose to live under your means, it might help you to, to kind of go up. Because whatever you didn't spend, you can go invest and build wealth. Mm, okay. but, but you should definitely, definitely not spend beyond your means. That's like a straight no-no. Yeah, but what about you then? What is your ideal, like your Singapore ideal dream life like? I would like to definitely own a property here. doesn't need to be central. Somewhere that costs like 500k, I think that'll be fine. And then I would actually love to be able to work six months a year and then take the other six months off. Well, you will need a lot of money to do that one, no? Uh, not, not necessarily. Uh, why, why do you think that? When you take six months off, like what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? I mean, let's say uh, you can go hiking in the wild. Like there's no wild here in Singapore. Everything yeah, costs yeah. money here. So you can go overseas. Yeah, and you're talking about traveling, like... Actually, traveling doesn't have to be so expensive. So, like, I... For reference, like, I do this thing called bikepacking. So, I cycle with my bicycle across, like, different countries. Mm-hmm. So, I was once in Japan. I spent three weeks there. So, including the flight tickets, it was 2005. So, I did a 86-kilometer hike in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, during that period, I, I realized that actually, you don't need a lot of money to be happy. Just walking through the wilderness, you know, seeing new things, seeing new exciting stuff. Uh, I think that's an experience in itself. I think many people think traveling is about living in like fancy hotels. Mm-hmm. The price in the city where we live costs something. Mm-hmm. So actually, the reason why you feel like money is very important is because of where you are at this point of life. You are in Singapore, which is a highly developed uh, metropolis which is the economic center of Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. which is why you need money to survive. Yeah. But if you're willing to give up some comfort, give up some uh, inconvenience, life doesn't need to be expensive. So instead of, instead of saying, okay, let's not have this expectation, yep. right? Yep. Lower expectations so we can live simply, frugally and happily. But what if, what if we do have this expectation? Okay, then you make enough money to have that life. Yeah, yeah. so how, how do you think we can increase yeah. our wealth? So I think the best way to do it, honestly, in my experience, is to get skills that, that are in demand, right? So you can earn uh, a good salary. Okay. Uh, this is, has nothing to do with like working hard, like what people say. You can work as hard as you, you want in a certain industry, but because the skills are not in demand, mm. uh, people might not pay you well. So the key right. is really earning power. Uh, what is more stable and consistent is, is yourself, you know, work on yourself, get the right skills, and then invest some of that money to get reasonable returns. I'm going to say like 7 to 10% a year is reasonable returns. Okay. But most of it will come from you being a member of society where people are willing to pay a lot of money for your skills. How do you know what would people pay for then? You can just go on like salary.sg or like Glassdoor and see like what are the most hiring High paying, high high professions. Oh. I think that's one way. I, I kind of, I'm kind of hearing what you're saying now, and it yeah. reminds me of one of the comics that that was on your um, account, which yeah. was about NBA players. Yes, yes. Uh, why do they earn more than let's say soldiers? Mi- yeah, soldiers yeah, soldiers and military men. Yeah, basically the the more people can do your job, the less likely you'll be paid highly. Right. I think this is very unfortunate because sometimes I also feel. It's, very unfair. Mm. Like there are many professions that are very meaningful, very important, mm. but they are not paid 
a lot of money. Mm. I I understand like the feelings of injustice that that this uh, this arouses. Yeah. But the world works like that at the moment is like this, right? Mm. Then mm. I mean you could try to change it, but it will take some time. Yeah. Or you could kind of like okay, this so this is why it is at the moment. I need to do this to get there. So it's all about you know being specific when it comes to your your career choices. Okay, let's talk a little bit about like the, the influence your parents have on you. Sure. Because I've read about them also in, in your comics. Yeah. My parents were really frugal, but uh, because they provided like quite a lot of... Uh, no, they, they let me live like a re- relatively com- comfortable life. I wouldn't okay. say I was struggling or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes I took, I took this for, for, for granted. Growing up, my dad was not around like a lot of time because he was working overseas. Mm. And every time he told me like, you know, oh, this is actually... Very, very difficult money to earn. You know, I had to go overseas for this. I had to take on risk. I had to go to, to Myanmar to, to go and work and stuff. And mm. then I, I, I never like, you know, realized that it was, uh, it was a sacrifice. But like. I would think that yeah. if they were so like frugal about money and all that, that it would also breed this sort of uh, mindset in you. Because that truly did it for me, you know, like, mm. like I am very open to say that I have, a, I have a scarcity mindset. I grew up with this scarcity mindset because my parents are... I mean, my mom is always like, you know, save this and she would like recycle toilet paper tubes to turn it into pen holders and yep. and all that. And, and and of course, that has also taught me the importance of like saving water, saving paper and reusing and recycling from a very young age. But it has also made me very afraid to lose money and very afraid to in- invest even or to like, to like donate sure. even to give, you know, because yeah, yeah. it's like you, you must keep and, and they come from a really hard time because like my mom and my dad, both of them, they, they have a lot of siblings and they had to fight for food. Even like the most basic thing we're talking about, just being, you know, full. Mm. They don't even get it. Like my mom is always hungry because she has to like pick off. If she's lucky, she gets bones, you know, to even like chew on. So I think because of where they came from, they are so... They are so uh, frugal about money and they are so afraid of losing money that it, it also sort of made me that way. Until like as I, as, I, as I became an adult and I start having children and all that and I start thinking about how to have this uh, mindset of abundance because, you know, they say abundance grows like abundance, right? Sure. Uh, then, then I start to realize that hey, this is the impact that um, my childhood had on me. So I guess in, in this sense, I'm also asking you, like your parents are so frugal. Then... Uh, has that influenced you in terms of like this this mindset that you have that you're also very frugal and yeah so I think by the time they had me they already had like a relatively big pool of savings yeah that they work like extremely hard, hard to, to get, get. Oh. not not big la, like sufficient la. I think they try the best with their limited resources to give their children like a decent childhood mm. so I, I really uh, appreciate that about them so they never really let like the, the lack mindset like kick oh. in for, for me and my sister Okay. Yeah. So, so I also read uh, somewhere about you being quite angry with your father yeah. for a decision that he made. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think when I was twenty five, my dad just one day came up and said, "Like, you know, next time if I die, I'm not going to give any money to you." <gasps> yeah. And and I was very triggered, not because like my dad has a lot of money. He doesn't have a lot of money, lah. Mm. Yeah, enough for himself and, and my mom who needs more money because because she has a stroke. Mm. Yeah, but. I was very triggered by this because why would you say this to someone like out of the blue? Mm. I mean, if, if I did something no good, then he, he said this, then I think it, it's fair. But this just came out of the blue. And then I I remember like looking at my friends who earn like way, way more money mm. than than myself and had parents who uh, 
were a lot more were a lot more privileged. Uh. And mm. I thought like, hey, why would you want to disadvantage your child? Yeah, your your child that way. So I was actually hung on to this grudge from my dad for like a couple of years mm-hmm. until I learned how to manage mu- money myself. D- do you think that sort of spurred you on to, you know, I'm going to have to make my own money. I've got to stand on my yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. Feet. I think my dad always said this phrase like, oh, you must run on your own steam. You must run on your own steam. And like, it took me very long to, to But you know, it. it's a struggle, you know. As I mean, I, like as a parent, and I think there are also some parents, uh, my, my listeners are also some, some of us are parents. And we, amongst ourselves, we also talk about this, like, do we leave anything for our children? Mm. Uh, like, do we provide this safety net for them? Because there's one part of us that obviously we don't want to spoil them. We yeah. don't want them to take it for granted and, and or abuse it for that matter. But on the other hand, we are like, but we, you know, we want to protect them. We want to give them like a head start. So what do you think as parents? Like, what, what do you think? What, what advice would you give? I mean, coming from your own experience yeah. as, as a child receiving this from your father. Sure. So I did, let me just disclaim because people always attack me. They say like, I'm, Possibly privileged or, or whatever. So I didn't take any money from my parents. Okay. But I do think the best gift they gave to me is that they could look after their own finances. I feel like I started like my financial journey without like having to worry about my parents. So you're saying that um, it's okay, I don't leave you anything. Yeah. But at least I don't have to be your burden. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's good enough. And uh, it's what I, what I received. And I'm very thankful. Mm. Like, have you at any point felt like you, you know, like you didn't get a head start? That you are, you are like way behind your peers who are, who obviously had support, family support, and all yeah. that. I think definitely. Uh huh. I did feel very unhappy when when I saw that, but I took pride on you know the fact that actually I I managed to buy this by myself. Mm. So I I never really felt very salty about it. I mean, I did feel salty, but I never let it like. Have you seen any... Make me very bitter. Have yeah. you seen any, like, um, uh, examples of how, how that... What, what, we, what we perceive as a head start that, that uh, our, our peers are having yep. actually turn against them? So in economics, there's this thing called, like, a uh, resource curse. Mm-hmm. Resource curse is when a company is... No, sorry, when a country is blessed with, blessed, blessed with, like, very good, like, natural resources, but it actually develop like an over-reliance on that and because of that the economy doesn't develop properly and doesn't uh, prosper. Mm. So I think I see the same things with some 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 of my friends. Mm. Like they were given uh, given the keys to great businesses but maybe because of like complacency uh, they just didn't treasure the, the opportunity and eventually that, that, went, that went nowhere. La. It is also a very conscious decision, especially for families that are uh, more privileged. You know, if they are aware of this, like the fact that I don't want my child to be, uh, to, to, to abuse this inheritance that they're going to get, uh, to, to know how to stand on their own two feet and all that. And to, to withhold that, it's a very conscious and intentional yeah. it's, decision, isn't it? It's easier it? to say like, oh, we cannot afford this. than like, I do not want to buy this for you. You had the same gripe against your dad, right? When obviously he had the money for you, but then he's telling you that no, I'm not gonna leave you anything. So, how how like as a parent, like how do you reconcile that? Like, I think it's I mean the previous generation would call it like tough love, I guess. Yeah, but for us, our generation, like when I mean you, you obviously haven't started a family, yeah. but you have intention to do so. Have, have you thought about it? Like, what are you gonna? Yeah, so I will do what my dad did. But in a less like 
怪懒惰。Right, I wouldn't say like I'm not leaving you any money. It's more like okay, son or or, or girl, you know. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to be leaving you an inheritance. But you know, this is because. I believe this, 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 this. I just think it's easier if you don't even let them know that you've got an inheritance. That's, that's. Uh, I think that's very difficult to do. My, I mean, my parents are very. Um, well, we we don't know like what how much how much money our parents have. Yep. And isn't there a problem? Like, let's say your your parents have like run into a financial difficulty, then you don't know like what their savings are. I don't know what insurance plans they have. Really, like, because I I grew up like not knowing like how much money my my parents have. Yeah. So I don't know otherwise whether or not you are uh, wealthy or yeah. not, right? How do you make sure that you don't let your child take this for granted? Like, how do you talk to them about it? Yeah, I think one way is to really uh, let them know the value of money. How? How? Through, through labor, right? Okay. I would say like working early would probably make people realize the value of money, like really, really early on. How How young were you when you first started your job? Okay, so my first job was, uh, I think, fourteen years old. I did one of those like part-time things where you give your number to like some guy, and he said, "Hey, we need waiters uh, this weekend." Then I just show up and like. What was it? Uh, were you were you pushed to do it? Or did you want to do it? Or? I want to do it because like uh, I wanted to buy uh, a discman, which was ah okay okay. I think fifty dollars. Okay. And my parents don't want to buy for me. Okay. I was like, whatever, like, I'll go earn my mon- own money. Then I worked the job. And I was like. Wow, this is rough. So this is what my parents meant and why they have been so, uh, uh, you know, st- stingy with money. Yeah, earlier on we talk about like the fear of uh, the cancel being cancelled yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that. Uh, I- I'm sure it comes from somewhere, right? So wh- where has this fear of being cancelled comes from? Like, has have you ever put out some work uh, that received a backlash or something? I think definitely we put out work. All the time that gets backlash all the time. Like what? Like give me an example. So for example, I think early on we put out something about the PMD ban. In 2019, I think PMDs were allowed on pavements. You know PMDs? Yeah. Very fast that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Singapore government banned them. Uh-huh. And then overnight, I think these modes of transportation became uh, illegal to use on pavement. Okay. Therefore, like uh, disrupting a lot of Delivery riders' okay. lives. Right. So we put out something that was uh, kind of like, you know, I think it was titled like The Three Ways to Look at a PMD Band. Mm. I mean, one, you could you could complain about it. And then uh, you could uh, try to talk to the MP. But, you know, chances are mm-hmm. the band happened because the band happened. Uh, number two, you know, you could try to ride a bicycle, try to adapt to the situation. Uh, because, you know, a bicycle is still a viable form of transport. Mm-hmm. Then number three is kind of like learn skills because the gig economy or maybe even delivering food might not be viable as a long-term career if you are a young person like in in, in your 20s or maybe even 30s. Mm. I think people were quite furious by, by the content because they, they felt it was like really insensitive. Since then, we looked at the content. I think uh, with the benefit of hindsight, we see like, oh no, actually this content could have been worded, worded better. No, we, we should not have been so uh, fast to react. Yeah, I think... So how would you have worded it now? I think what we did is like, we kind of like rank like, you know, the responses. By ranking it, we kind of implied like, you know, riding a bicycle was better than complaining. Where in fact, actually all three would have been valid responses. Because yeah, you, you can feel angry 
when uh, your personal transportation is is suddenly banned. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think in in hindsight we would we should approach that with more empathy. I guess you know the thing about uh, when we are, as as content creators and you mm. put content out there, I I always feel like it is it is with. Um, it comes from a good place. Yep. And sometimes we are just limited by what we don't know. Yep. Well, hence this podcast, What Do I Know, right? And, and, and in not knowing what there is to know, we would therefore say certain things. Yep. And we would get responses that could be unexpected because obviously mm. if we knew this was going to cause a, an uproar, we, weren't, we are not going to say it this way and, and piss people off. But obviously we didn't realize that. And I, I always see it as like um, a conversation, right? Yeah. And uh, a chance to learn about what are the different perspectives out there. Sure. Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't like cause you to be fearful of what you want to say or what you want to uh, put out there, because mm. there will also be a group of people who agree with your perspective mm. and sure. and think that hey, that's a that's another way to look at it. Like you know, instead of being so upset about this, you know, maybe I could turn that into something positive as well. Yeah. So I think I have had like three years to prepare for it. Because you're doing it for three years now. Yeah. Uh, you don't really fully, you know, become immune to it. Although you, you do get to, you know, control your emotions uh, better. And mm. I mean, it is part of the risk of being a content creator. Mm, mm. Every time we put out like a piece of content, uh, there is the possibility that we will upset someone. Mm. And I think it's uh, not an easy thing to accept. But I think we have to keep, you know, just saying what we believe in because I think not saying what you you believe is probably like the biggest disservice you can do to yourself. So I think you should just be a bit more like just just say what you think. Don't like worry mm. you know, that you're offending certain segments of the people be- mm. of, of the population because there will be people that you just can't please everyone, sure. right? So um, I'm sure there are many of us here who want some tips on how to gain more financial literacy mm. and know what to do with our money and how to uh, live the life that we want to whether it's... Um, Flying private jets or... Do you want to fly a private jet? <laughs> no. I, I, I always feel very detached from that life. Because um, I also don't grow up in a privileged family. And like I said, my mom's so frugal. So the whole idea of uh, like private jets and, and having caviar for breakfast and you know seven supercars to choose from is just very... It's very weird to me, and mm. I don't, I, 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 don't know how I will be able to be in that environment. Actually, it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, so no, I don't, I don't, um, I don't look forward to that. The traveling bit, yes, I think the traveling bit is, is especially now with kids, it's more about wanting to open their minds and for them to see and learn experientially rather than just you know I read books and I see oh this is how it is. Uh, so to be able to afford travel tra- traveling you know mm. on a plane with four you know four of us and and going to places and taking that time off would require us to have a certain uh you know financial freedom as well so i guess uh with you right now at this stage right like do you have any tips for 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 young people you know like working adults you know how how they should i don't know, portion their money like what should they do like how much should they save how much should they invest what should they do with it just spend everything. <laughs> sure. I think it really depends what on it the hard way. What your what your financial goals are. Like I mean, if you want to uh kinda like lead like the the average Singaporean's life, you know, retire at sixty five, you can follow like like the simple like fifty, thirty, twenty rule. So you uh spend fifty percent of your income on needs, you know, you save thirty percent and then you can spend twenty percent on wants. So I think that's the fifty, thirty, twenty rule. If you're trying to be more ambitious, you can do something like uh 
save 70% of your income, mm. of course, that will require you to earn more income. Because it's a lot easier to save 70% when you save, when you let's say you earn $10,000 compared to if you earn $2,000. But it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, I think focusing on earning power, <laughs> making like specific career choices to, uh, to maximize your earning power, that is honestly the best thing you can do. So you do think that being a, um, a delivery person is not like a, going to be a long-term viable career? I think it depends on what the delivery rider wants. Or what like the, the goals, right? Yeah, 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 the goals of the person. I would say if they want to pursue mainstream goals that most Singaporeans hold dear, it's going to be immensely difficult. And I do know many people mm. want the mainstream goal. Which is mm. why we, we, we kind of imply, you know, uh, it might not be a, a long-term thing. So investment is actually the key for everyone, isn't it? Investment is important, but earning power is probably more important. Mm. If you think about it, like wealth as uh, a movie, your earning power would be the hero, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And then investment would be like the sidekick that mm-hmm. helps the protagonist mm-hmm. complete the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people have this idea that investment is all about like taking... $10,000 and making it $1 million. Mm. That is very, very unrealistic. Especially if it happens within a short span of time. Mm. However, given like a period of, let's say, uh, 20 or 30 years, I think that becomes more likely. Because in the short term, the market goes like, like this. Mm. And you never really know like, uh, whether one week from now, it will be up or down. Mm. But you, you do know that in generally, historically, uh, the market goes up. In the so it's always da 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 but it's, it's an yeah, upward yeah, trend. Yeah, exactly. So it's important for all of us to think about investing. And then you mentioned about the earning power is the hero. So does it mean that if I have very strong earning power and I don't know how to invest, that it's okay not to invest? You can get by. Okay, so for example, let's say you earn a 40k a month. Mm. Then technically, you don't need to invest. But you would have lost some money through inflation. But because the base is so big, because the earning power is so big. Mm. So you don't need to invest as much mm. yeah uh, but the bare minimum I feel you should do is you know keep up try to keep up with inflation because mm. inflation uh, does reduce your, your spending power over time yeah I think smart people will be able to allocate their money to different assets maybe it's like stocks maybe it's property mm. to actually grow their wealth mm. even when they are not working because, because your labour eventually expires Yes, right. yes. Like, as much as I hate to say it, like one day you might have to stop acting. I mean, in every industry, right, you'll have younger, hungrier, yeah. more energetic people who are there ready to take yeah. over. So therefore, you have to think a bit long term. Uh, and that's why also, I think since I became a, a parent and now mm. with kids and all that, that I also start thinking about investment because I never thought about it before. And I've always been, like I said, very careful with money. I've seen my parents dabble in stocks and... I uh, don't think they did well, but yep. they, they, we never talked about it. So mm. I also have no idea. Uh, but then because of that also, I, I guess I've always been very hesitant. But then uh, I, I realized the importance of investing now and more than before. And the fact that I read your comic and you explained inflation in a very simple, easy way. Uh, I thought that was really good. And actually, on you know, in, in your feed, there's also things about like whether you should buy that car, whether you should rent or you should mm. um, invest in property. So uh, I'm sure the listeners would have a, a, a better and easy understanding if they go and look at your yep. 
social media. There's one thing though that you haven't, you, you never talked about also probably because you're not in that stage of your life. Yeah. Uh, but I would also like to seek some advice if you can sure. give, which is um, uh, talking about money with your partner. So I think fun fact, I think like, uh, money is one of the biggest reasons why people get divorced. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah, and it's important to talk about like money up front. So actually I've, Ended some uh, romantic relationships because of because of money. Oh, and because like the values don't align. Okay. And I think it's important for the couple to actually like agree, you know, on those values specifically because you're gonna be, you know, stuck with this person, not stuck like You're gonna be with the person hopefully mm. for for a long time. So these things are definitely important to get out out of the way. What are the areas that uh, couples should be talking about when it comes to finances? Yeah. Things like how much you you know how much you might spend on a house. I think house is a big one. Okay. You know uh, whether or not you spend on other big purchases like I think car is one, mm. marriage is another one, rental. Weddings lah. Yeah. Mm. I think sometimes when uh, the relationship or the values like don't align, mm. you must be brave enough to be able to walk away from that and not try to force fit it. Mm. Even though I get like it's very. Like it's a very painful thing. Like it, it, it is not. I, I think what you're saying is, it's also like not. It's not the most romantic things to be talking yeah. about. Like you said, you have to talk about it. Yeah. Because it does filter through in the other areas of your life. Yeah. When you get together. Yeah. Mm. So I think uh, that is really a pretty hard conversation to have, but I think it's it's really necessary as well. Mm, mm. Okay. Any anything else you think? I think uh, another thing to consider is to set up like uh, a joint account mm-hmm. once uh. You both know you're in it for it, for it like long long term, right? Mm. Uh, you don't need to join finances. I, th- I think th- there are many different ways, but my preferred way is to we each have our own finances, right? Then we have our own shared goal, then we can put money into right. into that one. Yeah, because I guess also culturally, right? Some yeah. in some cultures it's like okay, the man brings home the bacon and the man gives all his paycheck to the woman, and the woman manages the finances, and and this could be agreed upon. Yeah, and and if everyone is agreeable to it, then it's it's cool, right? Yeah. So there's no right or wrong. Yes, there's as no right. As long as you agree. Like you have to talk about it. Like yeah. you have to kind of know where you're going with this shared expense because there will be household expenses that you got to pay for and, you know, groceries, you're talking about internet, you're talking about like, I don't know, like, like um, what is that? The the electricity bills, internet mm. bills and all that that you, you, you have to talk about together and you have to, you know, finance together. And then when you have kids, you've got your like kids insurance and... Um, what education funds and all mm. that that you have to also yep. kind of pull together as well. How how do you and your partner? We we didn't talk about. It. We never talked about it. Oh no! Even even now. Yeah, okay. and, and the best thing is like we just went along. We were like, oh, you know, I think it's time we have a joint account because. Uh, we've got like all these things to pay for. Oh, okay. So how much do we need? Oh, okay. So I like work out the finance and I'm like, oh, I think we need each need to put in this amount every yeah. month. Oh, okay. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like that. And I guess in a way, we're lucky that we are compatible in that yeah. sense. Like it, it didn't come as a shock. Like, huh? Like how come, you know, you suddenly want me to put money in the joint account yeah. and all that. Uh, and we've we've had our, we, we have our account separate. And of course I have my own um <laughs> like guilty pleasures yeah. like he has his so that's why it, it, it like we never get upset with each other mm. uh, for, for the stuff for the for the purchases that we, we like to make so I do think that uh, this is important to, to get out up front uh, is that also what prenups are about? like do, do you think like we should have like couples should yeah. have prenups and that it would be uh, I'm not sure whether prenups are enforceable in Singapore oh yeah uh from what I am told, mm. based on my very like sparse legal knowledge, 
apparently you can do them but you know uh, they are not like legally binding yeah yeah they're not legally binding right I think it's it's better for for you to just be very sure of who you're marrying <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I think for a couple it's very important for for communication like especially if you're talking about getting into uh, like marriage and mm. starting a family together that this communication is very important and and finances is just one of those things that I realized that because I realized I never talked about it with my husband that's why you know I thought hey maybe it is something that we should talk about but where do we start like you know if there was a systematic way that we can start talking about it it would be most helpful so that you know, couples don't go into a relationship um, and 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 just just for that. I mean, it's all beautiful at the start, like right? Like puppy love and like, it's, it's all, beautiful. all fun and games. Yeah. yeah, it's all beautiful from the start, but then there are very real practical stuff that happens yeah. when you build a life together. Yeah, so I think I can be a bit like a romantic, but like, I always share like, oh, these are, my, these are my financial goals. What do you think? And then ah. sometimes, not sometimes, like, I mean, on a few times, people have been like, huh, why, why so strange? But I think it's uh, important to get get that out of the way so people know what they're getting into. Yes, I do think so as well. Is there anything that you want to... Um, like any advice, anything else that I missed out that we didn't, I didn't ask you that you want to share? About like couples or...? About like finance and investment and money. Like financial literacy. Sure, like. I think there's a lot of focus in Singapore about the more uh, extreme side of financial literacy. How to pick stocks. Mm. How to, you know, 10x your income. Oh, that's so daunting for me. How to get passive income. Yeah, 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 yeah. But these are like the sexy things that, that sell and get a lot of clicks. But actually these, for most people to be full-time investors, is it, probably not very possible. So sometimes you hear people saying like, you know, I earn $10,000 a month working from home. Mm. You need to consider like, I mean, they just say it, right? Without yeah. any information. Just With like, no context. Yeah. So it's important to not like get, get sucked in into a lot of these like wealth gurus and the promises that they they make mm. uh, because what they're often after is to for you to give them money to do their to do to their costs yeah actually what the wealth gurus are actually doing is working on their earning power yeah right yes yes so uh yeah work on your own earning power i know i say this like a ridiculous amount of times in this podcast but i think it's really important uh, many people look for investment as a way out of uh, uh, you know like a very F like freedom financial yeah, freedom yeah. but there is really no substitute for you know being a member of society that commands sufficient uh, salary mm. so I to sum it up I would say I mean the best investment you can make is is yourself yes, yes. Remy, maybe you can tell us where can we find you? Sure, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's the Work Salary Man. Then you can follow us on Facebook. That's also the Work Salary Man. You can follow us on Twitter. That is Work Salary Man without the because Twitter has like a character limit. You can follow Twitter because we're trying to grow it. And with that, we've come to the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Raming. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. You can also find a video version of this podcast with some bonus content over at my brand new YouTube channel, Too Happy Media. This is What Do I Know with me, Joanne Pei. If you want to look for me, I can be found on Instagram at Joanne Pei. That's J-O-A-N-N-E-P-E-H. And let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.
This was the Zoda Pop Podcast.